Hello, I'm Scott Guthrie and welcome to episode 29 of the Influencer Marketing Lab. This week I am in conversation with Callum Watson, Global Partnerships Director at Gymshark, the billion pound sportswear and accessories firm. In this episode we discuss what it means to be a human-to-human brand, how the company pivoted its influencer content strategy when its core customers were suddenly unable to access the gym to work out or even to work due to COVID-induced lockdowns. Why the early days at Gymshark were like building the rocket ship whilst you're trying to fly it at the same time. How Instagram, TikTok and Twitch are all utilised within Gymshark's marketing communication strategy. And how Gymshark is aiming to build a 100-year brand. The Influencer Marketing Lab has been made possible through exclusive sponsorship by Tagger. Tagger is the number one data-driven influencer marketing platform and social listening tool. It's an all-in-one SaaS platform that helps users succeed in every step of the influencer marketing workflow. With it, you can discover the perfect influencers, research your target market, activate campaigns, and measure influencer success all in one intuitive platform. If you want to see how Tagger can work with you, go to taggermedia.com slash request hyphen demo. This week on the Influencer Marketing Lab, I'm joined by Callum Watson, Global Partnerships Director at Gymshark, the billion pound sportswear and accessories firm. Callum is responsible for both the growth and development of Gymshark's global network across sponsorship, influencer marketing, public relations and brand partnerships. Hailing from Wicklow, Ireland, Callum has been in the influencer marketing space for the past six years, with most of his time spent in the health and wellness and sports space. Welcome, Callum. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I appreciate you uh, you inviting me onto the podcast. Uh, I was just saying to you earlier on, I mean, we've, we've crossed paths a couple of times, but uh, we never got to actually sit down. We're kind of LinkedIn buddies, but it's never gone further than that. And you said it's kind of me to get you on. I, I know how ferociously busy you are, so it's, it's a great uh, privilege for me to have you on the show. Let's ease our way into the conversation, Callum. Give me a flavour of your role and responsibilities as Global Partnership Director at Gymshark. So it's essentially responsible for Gymshark's sponsorship, influence marketing, PR and brand partnerships program to grow and develop the Gymshark brand globally. So when you look at that, like it's essentially the global talent network that surrounds the Gymshark brand. So uh, a big focus is around brand partnerships and influencer marketing as a whole. That leads me on to the next question. Gymshark is obviously known within the industry, as in the influencer marketing industry, and beyond for growing into a, a billion pound business with the help of influencer marketing. But you're in charge of public relations and sponsorship and brand partners, as well as influencer marketing. How important is integrated marketing communications to the business? Well, it's like you said, you know, I mean, Ben's definitely been a, a pioneer within influencer marketing. He was doing it eight years ago, back when Gymshark had just set up, when he was sending Stringer Vests out to his favorite YouTubers and getting them to, to trial the product, give feedback, and you know, I mean, started to, to see a lot of people talk about the, the brand when he's seen the likes of Chris Lovato, Lex Griffin, and Matt August wearing it. So it's a huge part of what we do. We, we all see ourselves as a human brand and connecting with humans. So when you look at the likes of influencer marketing, it's an essential part of our uh, marketing strategy. So how do you differentiate the public relations element from the sponsorship and influencer marketing part of your business? So for us, when we look at like the, the sponsorship and influencer marketing side of the business, that's very much so like the influencer marketing is the short-term paid activations, sponsorships, the long-term endorsements, where 
the PR side of things for us is, is very much so about staying culturally relevant, introducing new people into the brand. So when it's gifting and seeding and building up that credibility with multiple different talent and audiences. So we still harness the, the traditional formats of PR that you see with press, media, the events, that sort of stuff. But but equally, I think that the organic relationship building that we do and the networking we do within uh, our PR team as well is, is, is super important. So it's talent and the community. That they, these are the threads that are coming through as, as I chat with you, Callum. Um, Gymshark is fast-paced. It's disruptive. It's, dif- it's a differentiated uh, business. One that has excelled at harnessing three business areas. One we've just touched on is capitalizing on social media influencers. Two, it's riding that crest of the wave as shopping has moved from the high street into online sales. And three, focusing on the fast growth, health and wellness market. But uh, as we know, March 2020, the pandemic hit. In the past year, there have been COVID-induced lockdowns. Your core customers were suddenly unable to access the gym to work out or even to work. How did Gymshark pivot its influencer content strategy to reflect the new reality? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. And I mean, look, it's, it's been it's obviously been a really tough time for a lot of people around the world uh, with what what's happened and when the pandemic hit and the lockdown started to happen. We we knew we had to we'd have to pivot and adapt. Uh, I remember our chief brand officer, Noel, kind of rallied the, the senior brand heads together. And I, I remember uh, distinctly he quoted the, the Irish tea shop, which is the Irish prime minister at the time, uh, Leo Vratko, where I, I suppose really resonated with us all. And the quote is, in years to come, let them say of us when things were at their worst, we were at our best. For us in the Gymshark brand, I mean, that really resonated with us. It was like, there's a, a lot happening, but we felt like we had a duty of care to our community. So like, we had to really rally together and, and pivot and adapt and put some plans in place. So I think key areas of focus for us were not just in, within influencer marketing, but as a brand as as whole. Uh, we obviously knew the PTs were suffering. A lot of them would be out of work with gyms closing down. So, I mean, that was really talking back to our own industry. So we basically set up our Twitch and we, we had live streams going every day where we basically paid PTs an hourly rate to, to run classes on our Twitch stream. So that was a really good way to incentivize the community to, to stay fit and healthy, but also to, to help put some money in the PT's pockets. That's a great sentiment. We'll come on to the different platforms that Gymshark utilizes uh, a little bit later in the conversation. Gymshark has built its brand largely through its community of creators. Without sharing your recipe for your secret sauce, what advice can you offer brands attempting to drive sales through influencer marketing campaigns? I think the big thing for me is don't always just focus on on the product itself. I mean, nowadays people are buying into brands because they either relate to them, they're aligned with their values, et cetera, et cetera. So like you want to be working with creators who genuinely love your brand and making sure that they serve a purpose when working with your brand. So it's kind of like, don't just focus on the, the short-term games. I'll have to talk back into that bigger picture. So you're talking about sort of building brand equity, the longer term, investing in influencers, investing in community, investing in your brand. I've, I've heard in the past you speak about the importance of operating your influencer marketing strategy simultaneously then on two separate time horizons, i.e. building that brand equity over the long haul and working with influencers to convert to sales in the short run. Can you tell me a little bit more about this approach? I think a lot of brands lose sight of the long term. I know for us here at Gymshark, I mean, we're here to build a 100-year brand. So long-term vision for us is key. Uh, 
But then I think it's it's important to understand the benefits of a long-term strategy versus a short-term strategy for your brand. And when it comes to like pulling different levers, relevancy of, you know, I mean, where you are within the year or what's happening within your overall like kind of marketing calendar. So I think sometimes if you're looking at the the long term, it comes down to patience, you know what I mean, and, and playing the long game. But uh, but equally, I don't want to shoot down short-term gains in the sense that, you know what I mean, as long as it has a purpose for what you're trying to achieve, don't be afraid to to, to be reactive and, and make things happen straight away. But what I'm saying is don't lose sight of the, the long-term vision as well. No, sure. I mean, it seems idiotic to say, but we're all in business to stay in business. Uh, and, and so yeah. that requires, you know, making revenue and earning a profit. But to do that, it's more than just, as you say, focusing on the product. It's keeping all, all of the stakeholders happy, and that's your owners, but also you know your suppliers and in your huge network of, of creators as well. So it's building that brand equity and, and looking to trying to make a hundred year company. So that's a nice line. And, and I've heard you say before talking about patience, plan, and purpose, uh, and factoring those into an influencer marketing strategy. Often, Callum, influencers are categorized by their size of following. You have your, at the top, you have the celebrities or your mega influencers. Then you've got power middle, micro influencers, and then nano influencers at, at the bottom of the base. Do you think a more useful way would be to group them by their ability to perform at different points within the sales funnel? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think... I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all approach. Like how we would categorize influencers would be probably different to how a glossier would categorize influencers. And, you know, I mean, absolute credit to them. They're absolutely different industry, but they're smashing it when it comes to influencer marketing. They're brilliant. I think it it comes down to what your strategy for influencer marketing looks like. Do you categorize based on sales potential? Do you categorize based on social following? Do you categorize based on certain purposes, whether they're creators, whether they're, you know, I mean, talking about your brand values. I I I think that comes down to whoever's, building out the strategy for influencer marketing within your business and how it fits best within that strategy. Well, it kind of goes back to your, your earlier point about working on two different time horizons, one building the long-term look, you know, building a hundred-year company, and the other one creating the revenue that turns the cogs in the machine. So some influencers will be better operating at the top of the funnel uh, in terms of building brand equity and share of voice metrics and others will be better at uh, converting into sales so it depends on what your ask is from the influencer and there you go you hit the nail on the head you know some people might be there to drive more sales in the short term where others may be there as part of a long-term plan to authenticate yourself with a certain community or a certain group of people so it all like you said it, it always ties back to what your long-term goal is and then you know, I mean within the the short-term side of things what are your tactics to, to keep the brand going but always bearing in mind the two different time horizons I, I like that bit of advice um in an earlier episode episode 27 of the influencer marketing lab i spoke with becky owen uh, as you know head of branded content at facebook across europe middle east and africa and becky talks about the product drop and how it's working on instagram I know that product drops is one of the tactics I've seen Gymshark use, tapping into scarcity marketing. Can you explain how drops work and why they work so well for you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, to be completely honest with you, kind of we fell into this over the the years as a as a grown business. Now, weren't necessarily operating like a, a business should back then. You're almost like you're flying the rocket ship while you're trying to build it at the same time. Yeah, I mean, and we were driving huge brand awareness, so we couldn't really forecast demand far enough in advance. Like, if you look at like the timelines between 
producing a leg in to to when you actually go to market with it you know what i mean you're you're months and months and months apart so it was, it was quite difficult we didn't have the right tools in place to necessarily forecast it however we're getting a lot better at it now you know what i mean and we, we still get blown away at day, uh, when it comes to certain days from the like the the support we see from the community but essentially product drops are you know I mean what's known as the scarcity model you know what I means where you drive a lot of hype and excitement around a, a limited amount of products with the aim for them to obviously instantly sell out and creating that level of FOMO, fear of missing out. So, yeah, you're, you're essentially trying to bring as much noise within a short period of time leading up to when a product's going to drop. Two weeks out from a product, you have your network screaming, this product's launching May 7th at 7 p.m. GMT. That's the message being hammered home uh, to build up as much hype around when it drops. It's it's just that, that surge of interest and hype and traffic to hopefully product get the product to sell out like that. In, in some cases it works very well but equally this is then when you need to understand actually what, what you're trying to achieve like Gymshark we don't want to be a a, a hype brand or a scarcity brand like I said we're, we're here to build a hundred year brand so actually we, we're really focusing on putting our customers first whilst in the early years of Gymshark the scarcity model was what was probably seen as us doing it on purpose we weren't necessarily uh, like, <laughs> you're, you're literally just running out of product because you're selling yeah, so, exactly. so fast yeah, so so for us, actually, I mean, the, the customer comes first and we're making sure that actually whenever we do drop products or launch, there's more than enough product in every size and every colorway for whoever wants to come in to, to purchase it. So that's something we've been really working on uh, massively over the years and again, putting our customer first. But for, for a lot of up and coming brands with a, a smaller skew count or have a, a quick kind of product life cycle, you know, scarcity models brilliant, you know what I mean? Because it will drive a lot of hype and, and conversation around your brand. This podcast has been made possible through exclusive sponsorship by Tagger. I particularly like Tagger's discovery tool because it lets you apply hundreds of different filters to their huge database so you can find exactly the influencers you want that perfectly match your campaign. I've seen agencies and brands discover high-value influencers in less than a quarter of an hour. Tagger's affinity tool takes discovery a step further by showing you an influencer's brand affinity. What does this mean? It means you're able to partner with influencers who are most likely to enjoy your brand or product. Tagger focuses on their customer success. When you sign up to the platform, you're given a dedicated customer success manager. They guide you through everything, from onboarding to training, to just checking in and making sure you're finding success with the platform. When you're running an influencer campaign, sometimes it can be difficult to measure your success. But it's easy to report your campaign data with Tagger. Their modular report builder lets you pull accurate, real-time data directly from social media platforms. You can also choose which metrics matter most to you and your clients, meaning you can customize the data that you show in your report. Something that can be overlooked when you're choosing an influencer marketing platform is the quality of the data. Tagger has direct API access to all major social media platforms. This gives Tagger users 100% accurate, real-time data that's gathered responsibly. You can't plan a good strategy if you're not looking at good quality data. If you're looking to scale your influencer marketing efforts, Tagger is a truly global solution. Its availability in over 10 languages and the ability to make multi-currency payments directly on platform gives brands a huge advantage when running multinational, multilingual influencer campaigns. If you want to see how Tagger can work for you, go to taggermedia.com slash request hyphen demo.
Callum, I want to switch gears a little bit now, and I've got a couple of questions about the different social media platforms. Firstly, where does TikTok as a platform fit within Gymshark and your sales funnel? Is it brand equity building, or is it a sales driving platform for you? Within the sales funnel, it doesn't sit there. TikTok for us is brand building and awareness. I mean, we look at TikTok as a, a platform where you can just have lots of fun with it and uh, and really just embrace creativity. Yeah, it's, it's all about just driving the brand out there and doing it in a fun, authentic way to the platform. Kind of thought-provoking um, response because we're continually told that TikTok is all about driving commerce, isn't it? So that, that's refreshing that you're using it for brand building. Turning to Twitch now, you said right at the beginning, and one of the ways you helped your the personal trainers through the pandemic when they couldn't actually get to work or they're out of work because the gyms were closing down, you, you were doing live streaming, and I think it was like 12 hours a day. Can you tell me a little bit about that and, and what you learned about live streaming and influencer-generated content? Yeah, for sure. To be honest, I think we're still kind of finding our feet with it all. Twitch is such a cool community, but I think Twitch as a as a as a platform has still quite a bit of work to do with like diversifying its audience on the platform and really embracing other forms of content. Obviously, it's the hub for all things for for gamers. Yeah, yeah. but uh, we were very lucky to be in a position where we were able to help out PTs within the industry when the lockdown kicked in. But equally as well, it was really fun. There were some amazing PTs on uh, and trainers on the the platform where like you had like dance classes and like these guys and girls had so much energy. So it was obviously like a different format to us. But like I said, to be honest with you, I don't have the magic answer. Still test and learn phase. Do you think, bearing in mind your last answer, but can you see an application for live stream to become a sales channel, kind of the, the QVCification of influencer marketing? Yeah, well, I think we're seeing it in China at the moment, yeah, aren't we? One hundred percent. Yeah. And what what we're also seeing, like when it comes to like real, like in terms of the the live stream and bringing like community element into it, like Peloton of obviously like Peloton have been in the news as of recently because of uh, the treadmills. Yeah. Yeah, but 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 in terms of like harnessing an online community through live streams, they've absolutely smashed yeah. it. You know. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot more to come when it comes to live streams. I think I think China is very much so uh, ahead of us at the moment, but that, that should trickle, trickle over in, in the future. I've been talking about this with earlier guests on the podcast, that when we think about influencer marketing, inevitably we, we think about North America and then North Europe, you know, first first and second. But Asia has a different social media platforms, but also different techniques as, as ex- exemplified by live streaming. It's kind of five years ahead of us. And social commerce, you know, they've been driving that home for the last four or five years as well. With customers in 131 countries, Gymshark relies heavily on data to analyze demand and to predict trends. How do influencers help inform your decisions? Two things. So one, we speak with our our athletes and people we work with a lot to to try to gather as much product uh, feedback and just gain as much insight as possible. But to be honest with you, number one for me is the comment section. That's the goldmine there. You've got so much live data feeding through from your your customer base, telling you what they want, what they're frustrated about. Like the, the comment section is a goldmine for you. If you really want true insight and insight where people aren't going to beat around the bush or try to cover over it, comment section is the best thing for you. So we've mentioned that you've got customers in 131 countries. Gymshark has a huge following throughout the UK, of course. Hotspots in Europe are Germany, Scandinavia, France. You've got big offices in Denver in the United States. I know that General Atlantic, your financial backer, has a strong presence in Asia too. What differences, if any, have you noticed in how you approach influencers to work with in different geographical regions? And are there any lessons you've learned in one 
area, which you can look to harness in a different territory. Yeah, absolutely. A one-size-fits-all strategy doesn't work in multiple markets, especially when it comes to influencer marketing. However, I think if you look at it from a global point of view and as you regionalize it as, as a business, what we found really important and super beneficial is defining like the core values and don't break them for anyone. Having local knowledge and local people on the ground plays a huge part, but being able to give them a global vision and a, a global strategy to then translate into their own regions is super, super important. I mean, I couldn't just say this is the influencer marketing strategy we're going to do across the world. Every market it applies to, you can change it because again, you know what I mean? We're, we're living in, we're embracing different cultures, different languages. You're seeing within different territories in the world, different elements of content types of format so again you know looking at asia versus here in the uk so it's definitely you can't apply a one-size-fits-all but if you can have your like core values or core principles that are kind of the the red thread that runs through everything globally then i think you'll be in a good position i love that leading with values and leading with principles so creating a, a strategy which is rigid enough to create uh, consistent results but fluid enough to allow for the different time zones and cultures and social media platforms, I suppose, in different parts of the world. Absolutely. It, and it, look, it all comes down to enablement. You know what I mean? You need to, get, to be able to enable your teams globally. And, but at the same time, give them the vision so they can go off with the autonomy to deliver. So next year marks 10 years of Gymshark Incorporated as a business. What plans have you got in store to mark the company's first decade? Damn, yeah, it's going to be big. I, I, I can't reveal much, <laughs> but like, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, yeah, next, next year's going to be big. There's going to be something, isn't yeah, there? It's, it's a big milestone, but trust me, you'll see it when it comes. <laughs> uh, we're winding down the chat now. We've raced through a lot of questions, but how do you keep up to speed with the fast-changing elements of social media and influencer marketing? What are your go-to information sources? That's a really good question, actually. I'm really lucky in the sense that like, there is amazing talent at Gymshark. There is amazing people within the partnerships department, within the social media department, within the brand team. So like, we've got so many incredibly talented individuals, but we also have really great relationships within the business as well. So everyone kind of keeps each other abreast of what's happening. You, know, you might have one person who's very much so in the sports scene, so they keep everyone updated with what's happening within sports or combat sports, but equally someone who's in the beauty scene. So we've got this really great network within the brand team that everyone tends to keep each other up to date with what's happening. It's not very often that I'll, I'll miss out on something because there's so many incredibly uh, talented people that can keep that information flowing. But like personally, for me, the, my go-to info sources would be like Twitter. Normally, you know yourself, if someone's trending decided for it, usually it's a bad reason, but you talk. <laughs> Good reason or a bad yeah, reason. Yeah, you tend to hope it's not because you're mediocre or anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, you've got other like Instagram pages like Complex, House of Highlights, Hype Beasts, One Three Seven PM are always great just to have pop up on your feed because they're usually you know I mean quick to it with real time updates. But then probably the other thing as well is I try to put time aside to, to watch creators as well and uh, watch try find new creators to watch. But to be honest with you, I'm I'm very lucky in the sense that there's there's so many dope people within the Gymshark brand team that kind of they're so in the loop and ears to the ground that they kind of keep keep you updated. So how do you share that information internally then? Do you have Slack channels? You know, is it email? You know, yeah, Slack would be a big one. Slack, WhatsApp groups, text groups. There is email as well, but it's kind of like... Old school. It's, yeah, well, like, yeah, everyone will still send around emails, but you know, I mean, you want that... You don't want to be typed up a big email to tell someone when you can just, you know, I mean, drop 20 characters into a message. 
Well, Callum, that's your lot. Callum Watson, Global Partnership Director, Jim Shark, thank you very much for your time and for your insights. That was easy. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Influencer Marketing Lab with me, Scott Guthrie. The podcast is sponsored by Tagger. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. For more information, visit InfluencerMarketingLab.com. And if you want to see how Tagger can work for you, go to taggermedia.com slash request hyphen demo.